All right, friends, we are back. This is the final show of 2021 of Location Weekly, your favorite podcast. This is episode number 549, and we are recording live on the 21st of December. And I say the final show because our next show, uh, which is still in December, is not a normal show. That's our prediction show where we talk about what we think is going to happen in, in the new year. So it's a little bit different format. Um, Whereas today is is the the regular format for four great stories. But before we jump into that, Abriana, how are you doing? I'm good. I am. Uh, today's not only like the final podcast, but it's my final ish day of um, official paid work <laughs> um, for the year, and I am very grateful for some upcoming downtime. Uh, but you know, I say paid work specifically because, you know, um, I am now employed as Santa's helper. So lots of cooking and wrapping and, um, trying to make things magical. So that's what, uh, I will be transitioning into, but I'm good. I'm, you know, I can't complain. Our family is, is staying healthy so far and very grateful for that. Um, and just very hopeful that this is a very, you know, just quick tick in a hit spike in, in, in COVID cases, you know, just kind of like normal flu season. Going to chalk it up to that like that and uh, that we're going to be back into uh, the normal, you know, progression we were seeing as soon as these holidays are over and it starts to warm up a little bit. But um, how are you? I'm all right. I, I think I've got a cold. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping, you know, it's just a cold. So uh, we'll go with that. So if I'm sneezing and coughing and whatever, um, trying to work through that today and get get through this. So uh, I um, yeah, but I'm OK. Um, so we have a good show for you. Four stories as usual and a bunch of brands doing some interesting things. So I'll let Abrina kick us off. Yeah, let's start with something in hospitality with Hyatt. Hyatt is rolling out a, um, an Apple wallet room key, um, and they are the first hotel chain to do this um, and have that integrated into Apple wallet. So this is currently live at six hotels right now. Um, and so whenever you are you know, using um, the world of Hyatt app, the members can actually just add their room key to the wallet after they complete their reservation and once it's time for check-in. Um, and so, you know, obviously this is using that NFC technology. It's working from the phone and the, and the, it can also work from the Apple watch. Um, and, you know, also the, the privacy aspect of this is that, um, Apple is never given or, you know, is never storing anything on their Apple servers. Um, so that's not shared, you know, externally. So it's definitely a privacy centric approach to this as well. Um, and so I, you know, I like this a lot because it, typically you always have your phone with you. It's a lot easier to keep that with you than a room key, those little plastic keys, um, and try to, you know, keep those separated from from your credit cards or when you have them on your phones. Anyways, you're like trying not to deactivate them. <laughs> you know how that goes. Um, so, anyways, I think that this is like a really nice. Uh, a, a nice addition, but they've also been adding in some other technology. Um, you know, you can actually use the Bluetooth technology at more than 600, um, 600 hotels currently that allows you to use the room key um, via the World of Hyatt app already. So now this is just like an addition and an extension of that. Um, they also have some really good chat features. So 
depending on how you want to communicate with the hotel staff, you can use like SMS, you can use WhatsApp. Um, they've also done some collaborations with the food and um, and goods delivery GoPuff. So they have all of those like micro fulfillment centers that you can enjoy as um, you know as a guest, which is really nice because it's fast and it's free. Um, free delivery service. And, you know, some other ones they mentioned were like the, the in-room Chromecast. You compare all of your streaming services that you have right there. And, you know, this is just a natural extension of this. Um, but yeah, I think this is, this is great. It's a, it's a great use case and it's probably an easy thing to, um, to incorporate. And I can, I don't know why it's taken so long for this to be to be a thing, but we use our Apple wallet for our plane tickets and our concert tickets and why not for, you know, a room key. So what do you think? Yeah, so so I, I think it's great. I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, obviously, most of the hotel chains, the, the bigger ones, you know, have apps and have loyalty programs and they've been supporting Bluetooth. Uh, many have had sort of room key access in the app itself. But to push that, you know, into integrating with your Apple Watch or your um, Apple Wallet, I think makes more sense, right? And I think I really like, you know, the simplicity of it. I like the privacy aspects that you talked about um, in terms of it's not, they're not storing any of the data there. Um, and I like that they're sort of also investing in all of these other components, whether it's the chat pieces or, uh, you know, ordering or things like that, um, you know, from your room, sort of all in an all-encompassing framework. Um, it, it was interesting. I was at a um, uh, a Carl's Jr. Uh, burger place recently, and uh, they had QR codes on the tables um, for what I thought was the menu. And so I scanned it because, you know, you go to restaurants, they have these QR menus everywhere. And uh, I was a bit surprised because it was the menu, but it took me directly to WhatsApp. And the menu was in WhatsApp, and you could actually order and pay directly through WhatsApp. And I thought that was really interesting, right? And, you know, you talked about how, you know, they've got the chat and the other pieces here, but I think sort of enabling a, a mobile commerce component on top of this in terms of whether that's, you know, ordering from room service or other pieces, um, which it looks like they're sort of trying to build this sort of all-encompassing loyalty, you know, tied together with commerce, tied together with, you know, room key access and all of that makes a lot of sense. So I like it. I think it's really good. Yes. All right. Moving over to uh, baseball now, our second story, the New York Mets at City Field. And, you know, maybe uh, Opriana will get out there uh, in the new season. I don't know. You never know. Uh, maybe when they're playing your Braves, something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they're going to be uh, testing out facial recognition to verify the identities of people coming in, uh, you know, to to watch a game. Uh, so this is sort of to replace paper ticketing or mobile uh, tickets on smartphones. And so you would register in advance, obviously store your, you know, facial profile with them. Uh, I, you know, to me, this makes sense, you know, more for uh, sort of regular seasons ticket holders and those kinds of things. Uh, it's completely optional, but it, it is about sort of uh, speeding up entry, right? And so they have a dedicated, you know, sort of fast lane, if you will, for this type of facial recognition entry. Uh, the staff are also using uh, the platform to access, you know, sort of back areas of the stadium. 
um, you know, for, you know, things that they need to have access to, uh, clubhouse or front office facilities or things like that, you know, just allowing them easier access uh, into different, you know, different rooms and different uh, facilities. So I, I, I think this is interesting. I think it's, um, it makes sense for staff and, you know, regulars. It makes sense, you know, as a trial for, you know, season's ticket holders or regular, you know, fans who are coming in. I, I don't see this as something for the general public. I just bought a ticket, you know, I'm going to go in and do that. Um, but I think it, a couple of things, right? You know, obviously it has the potential to cut down on, you know, fraud or scalpers and things like that to some extent. Um, it does give them a sense of, um, you know, the age-old problem in sports is, is that, you know, you're selling tickets, but you don't actually know whose butt ends up in the seat. Um, so, you know, tying those things back together, you know, can be interesting. And maybe there's a loyalty piece that can be layered on top of this. But I like it as sort of a, a test and especially for, um, you know, sort of regular season ticket type of, uh, of fans. Um, and if and if it's about speeding up entry and I don't have to line up and check my vaccine and do this and do that and all the, all the hassle that we have today, then that might be better. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts? I agree with you. Um, most of your sentiments around that I think this would definitely be a good thing for staff um, for, you know, premier access to different places and perhaps for, um, you know, players or players' families, things like that. But I don't know that this is necessarily something, again, for the general public. I can see this type of um, ticketing applying very well when you're talking about uh, flying, right? Like on airlines, things of that nature. That makes a lot of sense to me. But I think of going to the baseball stadium and, you know, I, I don't think that I have an issue using a digital ticket or a paper ticket. Um, and if I'm there with my kids, the idea of having to like have facial recognition for them as well is one, it's concerning. And two, it's like, no, I can just imagine like things are getting switched up. That's just not really ideal. Um, so, you know, I think it's interesting that they are testing it. I do like the idea of, of speeding things up, but I'm not sure that at a baseball game, um, you know, that really, that really makes sense. And there should be a better value proposition uh, if you really want to know whose butt ends up in that seat, in my, in my opinion, so. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Now we've got a pretty small town kind of story here. Uh, this is a company called Allegiance Retail Services, LLC. They're based out of New Jersey. And um, if you don't know them, because I didn't know them either, they are providing independent grocers with marketing, advertising, um, tech support, merchandising support. And they also have a full line of, of private label products. Um, and so they have just finished wrapping up a three month pilot program. It's new, these new checkout terminals, they are calling them NTRs. Um, from AppCard, and they're hoping to make shopping easier, more convenient, more relevant. Um, so these were installed in three food town supermarkets uh, up here in New York and New Jersey, and they're hoping to have further locations come up. But you know what this was was that uh, the QR there were QR codes posted throughout the store for shoppers to see specials. They could opt in for SMS messaging and be notified of specials in the future. They could download. Um, digital receipts and coupons and, you know, that they could use for their next shopping trip um, and, you know, some other things. And so this is one element of they are calling their allegiances go digital and save program. 
And, you know, at first I'm kind of underwhelmed with this, honestly, but what I do kind of like about this is I think about, I think about when I go shop at Target, right? And I am constantly using the Target app. So I scan everything that I buy to see if there's any additional coupons that I can add and it will save those offers right there. Um, and it also gives me like a cashback rewards type of a program. Um, so I can apply those earnings right there. And, you know, it can all also recommend certain things based on my, my previous purchases um, and my, my receipts are right there. So I really like all of those things, not having to keep up with that. And so to me, then when I started thinking about how I use that in Target and I use it all the time and, you know, somewhere that I'm at, at least, you know, a couple times a month in a Target, and then how often do we actually grocery shop? And the fact that these independent grocers are not going to have the capability to build something like that on their own. So I like this because I think it could um, be a great platform that could be used. If it could be used across multiple stores within the program, I think that would be amazing as well. I didn't get that level of detail from the website or the, um, the press release here, but I think that in terms of how it could help with the consumer experience in that aspect, um, it could be beneficial. So it's nice to see, you know, a smaller to medium sized technology provider partnering with these smaller to medium sized, you know, grocers and offering some some level of capability and um, smart shopping for for their, you know, their clientele and their loyal, loyal shoppers. So overall, I'm giving this a thumbs up after I maybe shot it down at first, but what do you think? <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna agree with you. I think that um, for smaller independent grocers and retailers, you know, uh, being able to have access to the types of technology, you know, that a Target or a Walmart or, you know, whatever have, you know, is, is, is sometimes out of reach, right? So I think if you can package things up in a way that they're doing here uh, with the app card platform, these NTRs, you know, uh, it is about creating a better customer experience, right? And and what they're trying to do is use data and mine the data and use AI to process, you know, uh, and inform, you know, what that data can, can tell us as to, you know, who these customers are and how often they're there and make the right recommendations on products or specials or deals or whatever. And, you know, obviously they have the opt-in SMS and pieces that you've talked about, you know, and I do like, you know, that they've got, you know, the QR codes throughout the store and, you know, there's recipe recommendations and things like that. These are all things that are not new. We've talked about these things before, but we tend to talk about them at Kroger and Target and Walmart and, you know, big, big, uh, big retailers. Right. And so I think, you know, what I'm seeing here is, is, you know, they're, they've sort of taken the best of breed of these, these solutions and kind of packaged them up and said, Hey, let's go down market and let's make this accessible and affordable you know, for the smaller independent grocer. So I quite like it. I think it's uh, it kind of levels the playing field a little bit and uh, and helps sort of build that bridge between, you know, the the local, you know, grocer and, you know, their, their customers and sort of, you know, really almost use data to sort of go back in time, right, to when we really just knew our customers, right, as a merchant. And, you know, we knew who they were, we knew where they lived, we knew how many kids they have, you know, and all of that. And we were able to kind of customize in person, you know, what uh, we knew that they, they might need. And in this day and age, that basically we're using the tech to do that uh, and the data and the AI to do that for us, right? But it allows us to sort of, it allows these merchants to sort of create that, um, you know, that neighborhood feel of connection and, you know, I know my customer. And I think that's really good. 
There you go. So, all right, on to our final story. We'll jump across the pond now to our friends over at Heineken. And uh, they're moving into the Christmas spirit here. And so I think we've talked on the show a fair bit, and I think it's well understood this year with COVID and all that's going on that uh, the supply chain uh, is uh, has been impacted greatly on a number of different products and toys and services. And people are just having a tough time Merchants are having a tough time getting inventory of certain things and obviously on the customer side, you know, just getting the thing that you want and getting it on time for Christmas has been uh, a challenge for many uh, just because supply chain is, is sort of, you know, bottlenecked up. Uh, and so that's a problem. And so Heineken has decided that they can you know, sort of help alleviate some of these uh, these feelings and these issues associated with that. With, they've created something called the Heineken IOU. And so they ran this uh, December 10th to 12th, and then again just last week on the 17th to 19th. And uh, basically, you could go to the HeinekenIOU.com website, and you could sign up there. And so, if you've ordered, you know, a gift for a loved one for Christmas, and you know the tracking says it's not going to arrive on time, basically, you can jump on to Heineken IOU, sign up there, and uh, basically. Um, you get a gift card and like this specially crafted Heineken Christmas box. Um, and then you can basically um, deliver a, a you know very nice box of six bottle, bottles of Heineken as an IOU while they're waiting for your gift to arrive. Um, so I think it's kind of smart. It's kind of cheeky. Uh, it looks really nice. Um, and so you, you're not showing up empty handed without a, a gift. You know, you're you're bringing an IOU, um, you know, of six bottles of Heineken in a nice Christmas box, and uh, it's kind of fun. Um, so, you know, and you still like so basically, you buy the gift card, you just go grab your six bottles. You know, the box is all sort of put together for you, call, and it's got labeling on it, Heineken IOU, and all of that. I'll I'll try and throw it into the uh, into the uh, the video here uh, as well, just a couple shots, but uh, kind of fun, I think. Um, you know, and um, I find Heineken's always, uh, you know, trying to find a way to insert themselves into the holidays, right? And, um, you know, good on them for the, for coming up and being creative. What are your thoughts? No, I agree with that last statement you made. I, I do feel like Heineken is always trying to um, create, you know, interesting and, and memorable experiences around the way that you purchase, the way that you drink, where you drink, you know, where you go. Um, and, and I think that it's, it's, a it's, um, I, I will applaud those efforts. I think it's good. Yeah. And I agree. I think it's cheeky. I think it's cute. It's, um, it's something that could be, could be nice, um, just to, to pass along to somebody that, you know, does enjoy Heineken and, and you cannot get that, um, to them right away. So I like how they're trying to solve a problem with something creative. And that's what I, I think is probably like the most exciting part of this story um, is taking something that could have just been maybe more detrimental to the brand and, and making it more of a memorable experience um, and potentially uh, creating more demand in the future. So there you go. Well, that's it. That's our, uh, our show for this week. Uh, you've been listening, as I said, to episode number 549. Some good stuff going on with some brands there. Um, if uh, we don't see you uh, beforehand, uh, have a great uh, Christmas uh, and holiday season. Um, and uh, we'll be back 
uh, we said next week with our predictions for 2022. And uh, have a great week, everybody. Bye. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Bye. Thank you.